What's going on guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil MMA. I'm your host as always, Evil Eddie. We got a really special show for you guys here today, but before we do that, hope you guys had a great weekend. We had some great fights that came up between Kobe Covington, T. Wood going down. There's just so much to discuss, so much excitement. We got the ball rolling and tonight I got a very special guest for everybody. Somebody that I've actually known for quite some time, but it's been a minute since, uh, you know, I've seen this guy, uh, not kill the entire MMA scene with breaking news. And just by that, you should already know who this is. We got Marcel Dorf. What's going on, big Marcel? All right, what's up, Eddie? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm finally uh, we're doing a show together. Looking forward to it, man. Let's uh, talk some fights. It's weird, though, man, because I've seen you around for so long. You've been doing this for how long now? Oh, man. On Twitter, I think not, not as long as uh, as as I've been busy with MMA media. I think I think I started with MMA media around man maybe 2014, but um, I, I've been with, with other websites. You know, I've been with MMA DNA since 2016 when we uh, created the website. You know, and uh, like I think a year later, I started to be very very active on Twitter, Instagram. Man, you're absolutely good. killing it, dude. Because I think you're almost at like 10,000 followers now, right? Yeah, man, it's shocking for me as well. I never expected to uh, to be close to that, man. Yeah, man. And also, uh, let's 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 talk about one more thing before we jump into it. Loudmouth MMA. I know all those guys. I know Keith. I've actually covered a lot of events with Keith. Great guy. Um, talk talk a little bit about that. Like what involvement you have with Loudmouth because that's a great podcast. So uh, I, I first uh, got asked to do the breakdowns with UFC cards. And I did that with uh, Max Freeman, uh, yeah. trademark MMA. A very good guy as well. Uh, he, he, he couldn't do it anymore, so now I'm doing it with uh, Davidson Baker and uh, AJ Shulo. And uh, we're doing now with three of us, we're doing the, the breakdown for uh, every UFC event. So let's yeah. let's jump into last night's fights. I still got some more questions because I, I just think you're such an interesting character and a very important role for the MMA scene because we have a lot of say on Twitter for the for the media and the fans. There's a lot of say, and I see you break a lot of news. So let's uh, hold that on the back burner. Let's discuss last night's fights, man. T Wood going up against Kobe Covington. What a difference a couple years can make. We saw Tyrone Woodley on like a six fight win streak, just going through everybody. And then I don't know what happened, man, but Kobe Covington, another guy with a big turnaround in the last couple years as well. Uh, what, what was your thoughts going into this fight? I expected something from Woodley, right? I mean, uh, I, I think uh, the, the Usman and Burns fight, definitely the, the Usman fight, he was like, I'm the superior wrestler here. Nothing gonna happen to me. The Burns fight, he said, I take this fight to keep busy. So I was like, the Covington fight, uh, he, he goes in a different way and with a different mindset. He's going to, he w definitely wants to finish here. But man, I don't know, man. Uh, Woodley doesn't seem himself in his last three fights, you know? And uh, it's very weird to see he lost now 14 rounds back to back. Wow. And actually the 15th as well, because he was losing the, the, the fifth round as well, that thing. So um, yeah. I mean, what, what can you say? It's weird to see Woodley like that. Well, if you look back at, um, you know, his career before these last couple of losses, because I believe that was his third loss in a row. But before that, man, he was on a six-fight win streak going through everybody. I mean, huge names. I'll never forget him dropping Lawler. I was just stunned with that T-bomb, like Lawler says. 
And then it just feels like you said, he kind of lost that eye of the tiger, it feels like. Like he's not moving forward as much. I'm not, I'm not a guy that's going to be able to break things down, but it, it doesn't take a genius to realize something has changed uh, recently for Woodley. What, what do you think it is? What do you think's going on? I don't know, man. Maybe he has other things in his life as well. You know, he's uh, very high on his on his music career as well. I know people <laughs> people make fun of it all the time, but hey, he can do what he wants. I guess he's uh, uh, he he made a lot of money, I think, in the, in the UFC with MMA. You know, so um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he he doesn't uh, has the how do you say that the the will anymore the the drive you know to to go for the championship although. I don't think he he will he will stop his career here. I think he will go through go further. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy that you brought that up because I get really upset when people say uh, you know for a fighter to retire because it's not our call. And what do they do afterwards? I mean, we've seen this happen to so many fighters before in the past where fighting is all they have. And like you said, he's made some money on Topology. I think it was listed like almost. $3 million, but if you put into perspective how much these fighters are paying out of pocket for their gym, for nutrition, for, you know, fight camps, for traveling, it's a, it's a lot of money, you know? So, yeah. I mean, last night, Jesse just tweeted out that she only had $17.70 in her bank account that she could have used that uh, win bonus. So it's just, you know, what, what, what does somebody like Woodley do? And people forget they're fighting top-tier fighters, yeah, I agree. Plus, Jesse Jess should actually get a win bonus with the two TKOs in one fight. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about that really quick? Well, going back to the Woodley fight, but I thought that was really weird because we keep discussing the the importance of what a replay can do. You know, so yeah. what, what were your thoughts on that? It was very strange. Now, first of all, I have to say, so before people say anything, I have an absolute... I can't stand Chris Tony, so... <laughs> um, this guy has made five mistakes in a row, in my opinion. Um, the most obvious one, actually, last week in getting the Ed Herman against Mike Rodriguez fight. I think the week before, the, the tap, Imadayev against uh, Pereira. But that was not that bad, maybe because Imadayev was losing anyway. But I think you rather lose a decision than you lose a submission, definitely when it's late in the fight. But uh, going back to that fight, yeah, the thing was... Um, I think he he should stop because he thought it was an illegal it was an illegal knee, but Alpar was done at that moment, you know. So he he, he uh, the other referee checked the replay and he's like it's not illegal. So he tells Tornoni it's not illegal and he's asking Alpar after 90 seconds or something or 120 seconds, can you continue? And of course he says yes, but that shouldn't have been a call. He should have called it off. It's over. TKO, done. So for the people who did not have the chance to see it. I'm just going to play it for them really quick. I have it retweeted on my Twitter. Marcel, I'm, I'm sure you, you've, you've seen this uh, replay a thousand times. Let me just yeah. play it for everybody who may not have seen it. That, that knee was clean. It was confusing. That is a tough one to read. They need to look at the replay. That was a clean knee. And now we can look at the replay okay. for the fight ending so sequence. So that's the good news here. Down. You were not down. Yeah. Your butt was up. So can, can you continue? Okay, stand up. What are you... Here we go. What? I never waved Holy the fight cow. off, guys. So just like that, we've seen this before in the past where, you know, there, there's got to be a huge adrenaline dump uh, if, if you're a fighter and a situation like that happens 
We can go back and look at uh, Anderson Silva versus Michael Bisping, where Silva jumped out the cage, thought he won, huge adrenaline dump, and the fight, you know, it's hard to get those gears back going. I mean, yeah. what, what do you do to fix something like this? Because there's not even a crowd there. So uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on the whole replay thing and them trying to put it into, uh, you know, without calling the fight? What, what are your thoughts on this? Because it's uh, whack. Everything they can do to make it fair, more fair, I'm for it. So I'm for a replay. It's no problem. They should have been to a replay with Ed Herman and Mike Rodriguez last week. Yes. You know? Oh, man. So The nut yeah, shot. The, yeah, I mean that would have been perfect at that moment, uh, and then there were no there was no controversy in that in, in that thing if there was a replay, but um, I think the replay was here. He should have called the fight at that moment. You know, when when he saw the replay, it was done TKO over. You know that that's just the referee's mistake in my opinion. Although he said he never called it, he should have called it in my opinion. You know, uh, so the the replay is good. I think so many things can be. Can be uh, can be made right with a replay. You know, I see you see many mistakes made, and you can you can always blame the referee. Sometimes it's hard to see, you know, but I think a replay would be perfect. If you have another ref watching the replay, cage side says to the ref, "This and that, perfect." Well, it's it's weird because this isn't the NFL, this isn't the MLB, this isn't NBA. I say this a lot. You know, you don't go into January with an 0-0 record. Every fight counts, and the way that uh, the MMA fan world works. Uh, you know, you're only as good as your last fight or your last three fights. We forget everything else in the past, so a loss can really uh, damage a fighter's career and, and future. I mean, once they're out of the UFC, it's really hard to get back. I have a perfect example for you, man. When uh, you have now Piotr Jan as the champion of bantamweight, and there was like, uh, who should he fight next, Marlon Moraes or Aljamain Sterling? For me, it's clearly Sterling, in my opinion, although Moraes is, is a great fighter and he will be back, I think. But people are like, yeah, but Aljo lost to Moraes. Guys, that's like two years ago and that's like four or five wins ago, you know? You, and that's what they keep bringing up. You can't, you can't keep bringing those things up, in my opinion, after a fighter has done a great streak, winning streak, you know? And Moraes just fought for the title kind of controversially won against Jose Aldo, you know. So I think Sterling was the clear contender there. But I still hear people saying, like, no, it should be Moraes because he knocked him out. I mean, are we going to hear that after Aldo wins, like, 10 more times? For i just saying something. He wins 10 more times, and that's like, now Moraes knocked him out. He's not the, you know? You know what I mean? I mean, it's so quick. I mean, six months, you can be a completely different fighter. Yeah. And if the excitement's there, you might as well book it. Which, you know, let, let's go back a little bit. Let's talk about uh, the Woodley fight really quick. Uh, I don't know if you caught the post-fight. I don't want to skip around this thing. But did you yeah. catch uh, Donald Trump calling Kobe Covington? I saw the whole clip, yeah. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on something like that happening? I mean, you can hate on Kobe all you want. But for that to happen uh, to, to anybody has got to be the highlight of your career. And Kobe looked like a little kid in that moment. He's like, that's the president of the United States calling me with whatever you think about Kobe Covington. That was an amazing moment, even though there were some cringy moments afterwards with him and Usman, but that was just great. Uh, the Usman, the Usman fight kind of goes in with what you were just saying with rematches and, and fighters being a, a different person. Are you interested in a rematch with Usman and Kobe? Oh, 100%, man. I think uh, many people are like, uh, just, Listen, man, 
I, I'm not gonna go into in, into politics here. With you shouldn't like Colby or that or that. Yeah. Listen, man, Colby has also fought a good fight against Kamaru Usman. That fight was very close, and Usman won in the fifth round via TKO. I think I had Usman. I had I had a two to two. I think or a three to one Usman. I don't know, but even three to one for Colby was possible at that moment. That's how close the fight was, in my opinion. So people saying Usman absolutely completely trashed Colby. That's not true. He, he, he won, and he decisively won in the fifth round. He, he, he stopped him. Yeah, but I don't agree with the, with the thing like uh, that he absolutely, clearly, uh, that we don't have to see a rematch. I think if Colby deserves a rematch, he should get a rematch. I personally would like to see now Kamaru Usman fighting Gilbert Burns, and I would like to see Colby fighting Leon Edwards. But I will be, I'm really, so I would be really surprised if Colby takes that fight. And... I mean, all right to him that he wants to rematch with Usman. I mean, it's exciting times right now. There's a lot of upcoming fights I'm looking forward to. I wasn't too pumped about Woodley versus Kobe, but it actually ended up being a pretty decent fight. I was very impressed with Kobe's kickboxing skills, as I believe Dominic Cruz brought up. Something that we, we really take for, uh, we, we really haven't noticed before in the past the way he was mixing things up. I was very impressed with Kobe Covington's performance last night. Would you say this is one of his better performances in the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, definitely. I mean, he, he's becoming a more complete fighter, you know. Kobe was first uh, heavily wrestling all the time, you know. What you see in his stand-up also, listen, against Robbie Lawler. I know Robbie Lawler is maybe the Robbie Lawler from, from five, six years ago. But still, he the, the striking was on point in that fight. And... He's looking good, man, Colby. you got to give that to him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting better. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about some other fights that went down on this card. I mean, there, there's a couple that we can actually discuss. What, what, what's one that really sticks out to you? Because, obviously, Johnny Walker, um, Hazmat, like everyone keeps saying, Hazmat. How do you, how do you, how do you pronounce the guy's name uh, correctly? I say, I say Gamzat. Gamzat Chamiyev. Yeah. Chamiyev? K K K H is like a, a G, so you should pronounce it as a G. But I don't know if you pronounce a T actually, so it could could be Gamza instead of Gamza. Man, I learned more in the MMA world uh, about you know different countries and uh, points of view than I did in high school. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's crazy, man. But yeah, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Because Dana White had nothing but nice things to say, saying he's never seen a fighter like this before in his entire career, which I thought was crazy for Dana to say. That's a huge compliment. Yeah, it's definitely, man. I mean, uh, Chimaev, man, in Brave, he already looked very good when he fought in Brave and he fought tough guys there. So uh, when he came to the UFC, it's actually crazy to me that he, he went to Fight Island to, for a fight when he wasn't signed and hoped that he could be a short-notice replacement. So he wasn't even on the UFC's radar, actually, to be signed. But he just went there, he got his fight, he got his shot against John Phillips. Um, yeah, absolutely, completely dominated him. Also dominated Chris McKee. And now against Mershad. I mean, dude, I mean, I, I understand Dana here, man. That, this dude, what he's doing, it's crazy. And John Mershad, he's a veteran, he's a good fighter. I mean, to do that to him in 17 seconds, that's impressive, man. I think everybody will agree that's impressive. And, uh, man, I can't wait for his next fight. I'm really curious who's going to fight next. Because in my mind, I really don't hope he's fighting Damian Maia. But, oh. hey, we will see. 
All right, so let me show everybody the replay of of this finish. 17-second uh, knockout, UFC Vegas 11. Here we go. Is plus 360. This fight clock is brought to you by Modelo. Mershart out of the southpaw stance in blue. Shemaev orthodox in black. Shemaev straight on the pressure like he always does. Just drop Mershart, man, and it's hard to watch. I don't know about you, man, but when, when you watch a fighter for so many years and then you watch them get dropped like that, it's it's hard. Go look at the Overeem versus Francis fight, man. I had to walk out the room for that thing. Damn. Imagine Paul Felder doing the commentary for <sighs> Chimaev against Mershart for his teammate. That's, that's uh, pretty... Uh, that, that that pretty sucks, man. Yeah, this, this is why a lot of these guys jump out the chair, like we saw a couple of weeks ago with uh, Dan Hardy, because you know you're 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 obviously going to be hurt, man. I've been there so many times. I don't know if you've covered event. I'm sure you've covered plenty of events ringside, but uh, you, you, then you've definitely seen the families, the girlfriends that are sitting there watching their loved ones get beat up, and when somebody gets knocked out, man, it's heartbreaking. And people at home don't realize. These people are going home and resting their head on a pillow just like you and I. Yeah, exactly. But I can't give you an example. It was with a local event in Belgium. I was Kate side doing a, a reporting for MMA DNA. And uh, we were, uh, a guy got viciously head kicked uh, and, and he dropped down like, took right in front of me, you know? And I was like, wow, okay. And behind me, his family was there and they were crying literally. So that that was like, yeah, well, you mean the, the the audience was even quiet, you know, at that moment. It was beautiful head kick knockout, but man, it can have such an impact, you know. And even when the UFC has like, it, it's not that hard of a underground to have. They have a hard underground, but the local shows maybe have a wooden underground, you know, for for an octagon or a cage, so that even even sounds harder, you know. So uh, it, it's hard sometimes, you know. Especially with all the sacrifices these fighters have to make away from their family, going to uh, uh, training camps, uh, missing Christmas, missing their children's birthdays, and then they, they go to the fight. It's got to be nerve-wracking, man. I, I can't even imagine what that's got to be like. Who you? Do you remember the, the Fedor versus uh, Mark, Mark? Oh, my God. Where his two girls came into the ring. They were crying. Uh, Mark and then, Coleman. There you go. The Coleman fight. Fedor-Coleman yeah. fight. I mean... Even that, man, even Fedor coming up, they still didn't even understand. It's 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 a brutal sport, man, uh, but there are beautiful sides of it as well, like Randy Costa getting that head kick finish, who I actually watched ringside uh, throughout his professional career, finishing dudes within a couple of seconds. Uh, thoughts on Randy Costa uh, doing his thing. And then Johnny Walker, man. I mean, we got some stars coming. Yeah, but the, the Randy Costa one, I mean, very cool. I mean, Costa is a good dude, and uh, great for him to see him getting that KO and, and the bonus. I mean, people, yeah. pe people don't understand for those prelim fighters, it's, it can be such life-changing money, you know, those 50, 50K. So that's really cool. And uh, Johnny Walker against Penn, uh, I got to have my own view on that, but uh, I, I got a lot of shit for that last night. Why? What did you say? You got to you got to share on the show. What'd you say? So, listen, man. I said there were some illegal shots to the back of the head of Span, and I, and people immediately thought that I was talking about the finish, but I was actually talking about the sequence, like twenty seconds before the finish, where uh, I still see a few 
back of the head shots, you know? And that was my initial call. I watched it back and I still saw it. So, but the thing is with the back of the head shots, it's like that little thing here behind your head, you know? That's the back of the head. And the side, it's very hard to see actually because there are some parts of the back of the head which is not the back of the head, you know? <laughs> they, they don't call it that way. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well done by Walker. He came back from adversity because he was stacked through twice by Span. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to his next fight. I'm happy that he won because you never know how a fighter's going to come back after a loss when they have all this hype behind them, like Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, I don't want to jump off topics, but have you seen the way he's reacting to it? Because my personal thoughts are you got to keep a positive mindset. I mean, he could be trolling, but you got to believe, like Mike Tyson said, or maybe it was Muhammad, it was Muhammad Ali, I had to believe I was champion before I be, could become a champion. So what were your thoughts on, on Suga's reaction to his loss? Yeah, personally, I don't like that. You know, I mean, you can be a champion in your heart. You can be a champion in your mind. Listen, you have, for example, I give you an example, Darren Till. You know, Darren Till always says, in my mind, I am the best fighter there is. I am the best. But when he loses, he is like, okay, I, I lost, he won, congrats to him, he was the better man today. And that's something I think uh, young, mostly younger fighters need to learn sometimes, that, that they have to be gracious in defeat as well. You know, you can't be getting all the hype when you win, but you got to be gracious in defeat as well. So I'm not really a fan of that, but I understand that many people are like, yeah, this is cool, he's trolling and that kind of stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's not for me. But, uh, hey, man, we, we will see what happens in this next fight, you know. All right, moving forward a little bit. And, by the way, guys, let us know what you think about last night's fights. What was your pick for fight of the night? You can message us on Twitter at PureEvilMMA underscore or at EVIL underscore ECCO. And, obviously, you can uh, tweet Big Marcel at BigMarcel24. Uh, Marcel, Paige Van Zandt yeah. going to BKFC. Well, what is your thought, thoughts with all these fighters going over there? Usually it's, you know, fighters later in their career. But Paige Van Zant, man, what a, what a sign for BKFC. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I will tell you something funny. I don't watch BKFC. So, <laughs> um, you know, the thing is, I mean, BKFC is signing uh, mostly guys who stopped with MMA, retired, and they go back. To, to fighting to BKFC. They also have, listen, man, Paige Van Zandt is a great signing for them, let's be honest. I mean, she will attract a huge audience, I think. She's very popular. Um, for her, I think it's, it's pe people are saying like it's a stupid move because she is more of a, a good ground fighter than instead of a, a stand up fighter. But you, you got to think about who is in B BKFC. Who, Back Rawlings, for example. I actually stopped Back Rawlings via a head kick. And oh, yeah. So, the, uh, so, kick the can. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't think it's that bad of, of a choice for her. I mean, if she gets paid well and, and it's good for her, why shouldn't she do it? And, and props, to, props to BKFC to get her in the promotion. That's pretty huge. I mean... Yeah, I thought the same thing, man. I mean, I, is she really going to be making more? I'm surprised the UFC let her go, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe she 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 wasn't what the UFC expected, just like with Sage Northcott, you know. But she still has a huge following, a huge fan base, and even people who don't like her watch her to see her lose. So people tune in anyways, her fans and her haters. So yeah, I'm shocked because the UFC is pretty much big on selling hypes and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, 
pretty surprising. But maybe she didn't want to resign with the UFC herself. You know, I expect her to go to Bellator with her man, Austin Vanderford. Oh, yeah. Austin's a great guy, too. Um, kind of on the same subject with shocking news, Michael Chandler being welcomed into the <laughs> UFC. Who would you like to see Chandler fight? Because, I, I'm, man, I'm pumped. I thought this was going to happen a couple years ago. He re-signed with Bellator, I believe, for three, four more fights. And now he's in the UFC. So what do you think the direction is here? I think the most perfect fight for Michael Chandler to see where he stands in the division is fighting a guy like Paul Felder. Ooh. That, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, Paul Felder is the guy you got to beat to be on that top five, in my opinion. You know? <clears throat> Sorry. To beat in the top five. Paul Felder is, is a very good fighter. He's good. On, he's solid on the ground. He's good stand-up. And Michael Chandler coming from Bellator, I think that would be a perfect fight. If he loses that fight, you know he has to uh, come up, come back to get another higher higher fight. But if he wins against Paul Felder, you can let him fight a, a guy like Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson. I mean, that would be great. And now they have him as a backup for the title fight. I mean, yeah. What, what do you think about that? I, I, I don't know. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm so excited because it it's kind of like the Ben Askren thing. Like, how is this fighter going to do? And somebody brought something very interesting up on Twitter uh, that I, 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 I kind of got upset about. But I want to hear what you have to say about. They said, list one person, one fighter that came over from Bellator that did, that did well in the UFC. And I was like, you know, Jorge Masvidal for one. Uh, dude, there, there's tons of fighters that came over. Uh, from Bell from Bellator to the UFC, it's slipping my mind right now. But there, there's a there's a couple of guys that did very well coming over. I think I uh, Alexander Volkov. Volkov. That's an, that's another one. I thought I wrote it down somewhere. Um, but there, there's a couple of guys that came over. Edson Barboza, uh, I believe, right? Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. And you know what? They were bashing him. I mean, come on, Eddie Alvarez was able to do his thing. Did a lot of wrestling. I mean, not the most exciting fights when he came over, but was able to get the UFC championship. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see how Michael Chandler does. Um, moving forward here, Ultimate Fighter kind of taking a hiatus here. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series making a big splash. Are you a bigger fan of Ultimate Fighter or Dana White's Contender Series? Honestly, I watch both, man. But I think the Contender Series are very fun on the Tuesday night all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I probably pick the Contender Series, but I love both. I mean, if you're a young, up-and-coming fighter, the weird thing about Contender Series is that you, you, you probably have about five fights, right? Usually it's about four, five, maybe six fights. And then they go into the UFC. you got to be really careful uh, with your career. I mean, the recent one, those two brothers that got signed, that was yeah. moments like that is why I like the Contender Series. What has been your favorite moment from uh, the Contender Series so far? Oh man, or, this, this or favorite year? fighter that got signed. Uh, so that that's that's difficult, man. I, I really I really love Empakasangani, man. I love him since last year, and I was happy he got the contract. It wasn't the best performance I think he had that night, but I was happy he got the contract. But there, there's so many, man. I mean, I really love the, the Dana White contender series. I think uh, it's it's a perfect to see uh, guys uh, getting their pretty much their first shot in the UFC. It's not really the UFC, but it kind of got the feeling in the, in the, in the, in the apex, you know? And uh, But, but man, I mean, Alias Khab-Kizriyev, who was 14-0 and 0 <laughs> got on the Contender Series. I mean, and he pretty much choked his opponent in one minute. That was to me like, 
do you really have to put them through contender series, you know? But uh, so, some fun fighters. I mean, Phil Haas got his next fight lined up as well now. Really looking forward to that one. Um, what can Corey McKenna? A girl from, uh, she, I think she's from from Wales. I think if I'm correct, of Irish. I don't know per, uh, exactly, but actually I saw her live at the Cage Warriors event in, yeah. in Belgium. So it's cool to see her getting in the UFC. That's another thing I love about it. I, I've seen usually every week there's a fighter I've, I've seen watch uh, live Cage Satter or has been on the show. So uh, I, I do miss Ultimate Fighter though. I thought it would be a great idea uh, to do Ultimate Fighter Navy versus Army or something. You know. I, Switch it up a little bit. Get people behind yeah. something like that would be, you know, I, it got old after a while, but man, there were so many great moments, great fighters that came out of there that are still doing the damn thing. Diego Sanchez still doing the damn thing. Yeah, that's crazy, right? He's actually the the, the very first Ultimate Fighter. He was uh, the, the co-main. He was announced. He was at the co-main before Bonner against Griffin, right? Yep. Against uh, Kenny Florian. <laughs> so, yeah, he's actually the very first one. It's crazy that he's still fighting, actually. Yeah, and actually, the, the what's the what's the last Ultimate Fighter? Juan Espino, I think. He has a fight coming up uh, next week. So uh, oh, the heavyweight he, series, right? Yeah, that was yeah, the last one. yeah. And he's like forty-one now or something. <laughs> so I think he's older than Sanchez. This is crazy. <clears throat> so we got two more things to discuss uh, before we let you go. Here, we got some exciting upcoming fights here, man. Izzy versus Costa. Everyone's going crazy about this. I mean, I remember, I remember Paulo Costa on the Ultimate Fighter as the pretty boy with the blonde hair, always worried about his appearance. Didn't really do that well on the Ultimate Fighter. I, I believe he left the UFC and then came back. And man, what a specimen this guy is. But a lot of people are under underestimating Izzy like they have his entire career. Within two years, this guy went on a six-fight win streak, became the, the champion. Uh, thought thoughts on this fight. Uh, early predictions, if 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 that's okay to ask. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I underestimated Izzy as well until his fight against Gaslam, where I saw that he had a very good ground game as well. You know, so um, I knew and with, with Whitaker, he he would get, he, he could do it. You know, but dude, I'm a huge Robert Whitaker fan. Hell yeah! So I'm almost never pick against Robert Whitaker. I'm biased if it comes to Robert Whitaker. In my <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, he, he beat Whitaker fair and square. Good win for him. And the Romero fight, I don't want to take too much from that away. That was not a great fight. But, I mean, both guys didn't really do much in that fight. So, you got to have two guys fighting well to have a good fight, I think. Uh, Paulo Costa will bring it to Adesanya. 100% he will come forward. He will throw bombs. Looking forward to that. If you if you ask me for my pick in that fight, I think uh, Costa has the more raw power, but Adesanya is much more technical in my opinion. And uh, I think Adesanya will try to keep him at distance and uh, will probably, I think he finishes him in the third or fourth round. I think uh, Adesanya wins the fight. These are the fights that get me out of bed in the morning. That Your, your mind just goes crazy. What's going to happen? And this, hmm. this is a perfect fight that I really hope a lot of people tune in for. Because if you're not a diehard MMA fan, you probably have no idea who these two guys are. And I, it's weird because you would think with ESPN now, UFC would be a lot bigger. What do you think? Do you think the UFC has grown since signing with ESPN? Obviously it has grown. But is it what you expected it to be or lackluster? It's kind of a hard question for me since I'm not from the U.S. and we don't oh, have ESPN here. So I, I can't really answer you to the, that question. I know over here it's getting bigger, the MMA scene. But 
I, I, I can't really talk for the U.S. You know that that's I don't know. What do you think yourself, for example? Well, it's it, it's weird, man. I thought it would do more, but I'm I'm happy with the fights ending a little bit earlier. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I not staying I'm up till. T- I mean, what time do you, do you have to stay up till uh, back back in the day? Uh, uh, listen, man. I mean, like what, six a.m. Have, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the pay per view with up, upcoming, that's like. It's at 10 p.m. ET when it starts, right? Yeah. So that's for me. That's 4 a.m. Wow. And that, that means I'm like 7 8, uh, 8 a.m. I'm in bed. So. And you watch? Do you watch every single event? Are are you that diehard from prelims I, on or? Yeah, I've only missed like two events in the last four years. Wow, man. So, yeah. <laughs> that's commitment right there. That is that is crazy. Um, I got one more thing to discuss with you. And it's kind of a fun thing, but uh, I want to ask you one more thing about yourself, man. You, what's the biggest fight you've broken over the years? Because you're always announcing fights. Uh, before you answer that, how did that come about? You doing that? Did you reach out to management? Did, did somebody notice you? How do you? How did that happen for you? Because you're a big role inside MMA Twitter. Um, sometimes talking to managers, sometimes talking to fighters, uh, trying to get it uh get confirmation from both sides you know that that's pretty much what you're trying and uh, it, it's like baby steps you know in the beginning they are like who is who is that dude i don't know that dude you know <laughs> yeah. i why should i why should i tell them shit you know but now they are like they, they can the, some managers know me probably some managers also don't but um they, they know who, I, who, who those managers who know who i am know who i am and they know i'm trustworthy you know so um yeah, that's that, that's pretty much how it, how it become, and uh, it's really baby steps. So listen, man, I'm not from the U.S. I'm from the Netherlands. It's maybe even sometimes harder, you know, because I can't give them the uh, how do you say that? I can give them the um, the stage some of their fighters, you know, because if you have a really big fight, you probably prefer to announce it via MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, yeah. or ESPN. You know, they have the bigger audience to to watch. And not a random guy from the Netherlands who puts it on MMA DNA, that and now. But some guys don't matter. Don't uh, don't matter to them. So that's cool. The biggest fight I broke, probably, uh, I broke uh, that Adesanya against Whitaker was in the works wow. last year, and the, what I I broke that for the the good date, but I broke it for Sydney, and it wasn't in Sydney. It was in Melbourne, but the targeted location was Sydney. But they did Melbourne because Sydney has so, had some uh, huge event with, I don't know, a certain Australian sport. I don't know which one it was anymore. So they did Melbourne. But the fight was correct. It was in the works. And the date was correct. So, yeah. That's wild, man. That That's huge. That really is yeah. huge. Uh, you, you brought up It Takes a While. That's something that I've learned over the years. You really got to dedicate yourself. And you might not see any results for two, three years. True. It's it's hard work and it's it's an unthankful job, man. So I really appreciate uh, everything that you do. Last thing, uh, we usually like to ask people that come on the show if they have any ghost stories or any any kind of weird things that has happened to you or somebody that you know. Uh, do, do you have any ghost stories for us? Do Not you really, man. I can I can tell you something that creeped me out uh, like two years ago. I uh, I heard a huge. Uh, bang in front of my house, you know, so I turned down the lights and I was like opening the window and uh, how do you say that? Uh, that
putting the stuff up so I can look outside. And then I saw shit, it's like, what the hell happened here? And then out of nowhere, I saw a guy on the, across the street looking at me, you know, staring me. And I was like, what the hell is it? It was like 3 a.m. at night. So he was staring at me like this. And I was like, let's do that light art as well. <laughs> and he, he, kept, he kept staring because my light in my bathroom was still on. So then I went to my bathroom. I put that light out as well. And then he walked He walked away. That Dude, that yeah. is actually really creepy. 3 a.m.? You're just yeah. looking out the window and there's a guy standing there? That Dude, yeah. if you were six years old, you would... You, you, oh, that would be traumatizing. <laughs> is it is it rough out there where you live? Is it pretty bad? It's okay, man. But I, I live on the border. You know, I live on the border with Belgium. And uh, there is a lot of problems with... Uh, just with, with drugs. You know, oh, yeah. uh, you, you know, you know, in the Netherlands, it's it's pretty legal to to buy uh, cannabis, ma- marijuana, but also like people. I know people here selling cocaine and that kind of stuff as well on the street. You know, and uh, at night it's not real. I don't say I live in the ghetto or anything, but it's not really safe. You know, it's it's on the border, so you have many people from Belgium coming to the Netherlands, getting some stuff and going back. Oh wow! You know? But uh, yeah, that happens and. Uh, but, but it's okay. I live on a big way over here, like a, a big road. Um, but that's not any more, a lot of traffic anymore because they, they pretty much close the roads for many traffic. They have another road right now. So it's not that busy anymore at night. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, would, I would say if you walk here, try to walk in the middle or something. Don't try to walk near a house that, something, that somebody sees you or something because... Uh, I, I wouldn't really feel safe outside at, at uh, night. What was that yeah. guy doing though? Like, what do you, what do you think that guy was doing out there? Like, I, I, I honestly think that he was. Listen, I heard a big, a big bang. Yeah, what could have that? So, yeah, I, I, I thought somebody uh, hit a car or was uh, kicking a car. We we had here like a few years ago that all cars had uh, how said a dent. How do you say that? Oh because yeah. Somebody, Somebody kicked the car. Vandalizing it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> those things happen as well, you know. So I don't know, but um, at least they didn't light the cars on fire like the uh, Showtime brothers, like the Pettis brothers. Remember that? What was that? The, the, uh, Sergio and uh, Showtime yeah. Pettis. Remember they uh, burnt down their cars or something like that a couple of years ago. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, a couple of years ago, some some kids vandalized their car. I mean, dude, I would be so pissed. If uh, I, I were the Pettis brothers, um, really, really quick, Marcel, uh, yeah. I know I said that was the last question, but I just remembered uh, rumors of Nick Diaz coming back. True or false? Because we keep hearing this. He, he looked good when I, when I see in, in his videos. I mean, uh, uh, how uh, how he's built, you know, he look, he's looking good. He looked like he's training. I don't know, man. Honestly, man, I, I don't know what fight he wants. I think he he wants actually the Masvidal fight. Yeah, that's what I was you know, yeah. So I don't know what's gonna happen. I, if he's fit, if he wants to do it, uh, go for it. You know why not? But uh, I don't know. It's such a hard thing to say, man. The Diaz brothers do what they want. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really good friends with uh, Nick's best friend, Slap for Cash. And man, after that Masvidal fight, Nick was heated. And that that's something I would want for Nick to return is to actually have an anger and aggression 
to be motivated. And I think that's something that he needs. So we'll see what happens. Marcel, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Pure Evil in May. I love your work, man. So keep it up. Uh, what we'd like to do is hand the imaginary microphone over to you. If you have any shout outs, social media plugs, anything at all, the floor is now all yours. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, man. It's really, really uh, cool to be on your show, uh, to do this podcast with you. Um, yeah, you guys can find me on Big Marcel 24, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my work on MMADNA.nl and MMADNA on all social media accounts as well. And also, if you like it, check the breakdown, what I do with Davidson Baker and uh, AJ Shulo on the Loudmouth MMA uh, podcast. And uh, again, man, thank you so much and I uh, wish you all the best. Thanks for having me. Marcel, I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thanks, man. God bless you. There you guys go. Marcel Dwarf, man. And he's been doing the damn thing for so long. That's not that, like when, when people message me asking asking for advice, I mean, I, I should probably take some of uh, my own my own advice, practice what I preach, because uh, I've been falling off lately. And let me discuss that really quick, guys. I, uh, you know, things come up in life. Uh distractions and that's something I, I like to talk to a lot of fighters about is how do you how do you stay focused how, how are you stepping in a cage uh against somebody that's about to whoop your ass that's been training day in and day out and you got issues at home or you're dealing with this or that i find that so inspirational how strong fighters are fighting outside of the cage it's very inspirational and uh man doing this has saved my life if you guys know the story, if you've been tuning into Pure Evil MMA, uh, going on, what, five, six years now, you, you kind of know the story here. But 2020 has been a really weird year. Mental health is uh, deteriorating everywhere, I feel. Which is why I love tuning in on fight nights. But man, I'm not going to lie. I, I was impressed that Marcel said that he's only missed two events uh, in, what, four years. I wish I could say the same thing, man. Uh... You know, there, there's nights where I'll be watching fights and, and something will happen, this or that. You know, life comes up and it, it's just been a really rough year for me. I'm trying to get the ball rolling again, uh, stepping back into it. I'm really happy that we had Marcel on. But anyone that's out there struggling, uh, reach out on Twitter, man. Reach out to me on Twitter. We have such a great community on there. Uh, people that are going through the same things that we are, but we wouldn't even know it. People that we tweet every day probably have a lot more in common with you than uh than you think i mean I, i've had a lot of people over the years that i've met on social media um say some things to me that really i really needed to hear uh it's like a family the mma scene is seriously a family trolls and all and i just want you guys to know uh just made an agreement that uh every tuesday 1 p.m. I will be doing a show. Here, let me let me pull it up really quick. Uh, Mike Jin messaged me. So the show is going to be called Art of MMA Podcasts. Uh, you can follow Mike Jin. Let me get his profile at underscore aka Mike. And I will actually tweet out his. Uh, I'll retweet one of his tweets right now, guys. Every week Tuesday 1 p.m. I'm also going to be doing Thursdays, Thursdays, 7 p.m., Sundays, 7 p.m. So Monday 1, Thursday 7, Sunday 7. That's three days of Evil Eddie, two days of Pure Evil MMA. We're going to be doing the roundtable 
on Mondays, or is it Tuesdays? Am I screwing this up already? Am I seriously screwing this up already? Uh, I'll tweet it out to you guys in a second here. You know what? While I have you guys here, let me just let me just figure this out uh, because it's pretty important to get that out there for everybody. Uh, one hour episode is broken for 50 minutes uh, segments uh, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. via Zoom. So there you guys go. Art of MMA podcast. And it's going to be uh, Bradley Dazier, Brandon Coutinho, Sergio De Silva, Eddie Valleco, which is me, Eric Johnson. Sergio De Silva, man, I know Sergio De Silva like really well. He's a fighter for CES. Sergio De Silva has one of the most inspirational stories I've heard in a very long time. Very close friend with Purifal MMA, representing East Coast here. So I'm really looking forward to this. And Mike Jen finally settled into Tampa. So we're about to get the ball rolling. We got a lot of exciting things coming up for you guys. A lot of exciting fights that are about to unravel. If Izzy versus Paul Costa, what are your predictions? Let us know at Purifal MMA underscore. Also at Evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. I'm Evil Eddie from Pure Evil MMA. Remember, without evil, there's no purity. White knuckles to the end. Pay yourselves.